Well, we are uh, lucky here at Wallula to have a great staff. I know uh, we don't uh, make a huge deal about Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, evidently, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. We don't make a huge deal about that here at Wallula. In general, our staff, I think, feels encouraged and uh, appreciated uh, most months at least and so uh, we want to say thanks for that but we have a great staff here at Wallula Christian Church I know uh, you know from uh, Lori Wilk who uh, helps organize our, our small groups and makes that available to our adults and uh, connections with a closer look and all of these different ways that we have to to get connected and to be a part of the family here at Wallula she makes those a little easier uh, to navigate and so we appreciate very much Lori I know uh, Katie, uh, who uh, leads our children's ministry, uh, Katie Vavracek does a tremendous job there. My my kids were, were blessed by uh, that children's ministry, and, and uh, Katie's made a huge difference in my girl's life, and I know that that's representative of so many different families and kids who uh, she she and her team have uh, made a difference with in, in uh, their ministry, and uh, my kids continue to be uh, blessed and grown through the uh, student ministry and all the things that uh, Zach and, and his team do to, uh, to encourage those students. And then, you know, every Sunday we, uh, we can see the growth individually and as a team with the worship team and, and all the good stuff that Craig and his team are doing to lead us into worship every week. And so appreciate very much uh, all of them and their uh, work here at Wallula. And if... Uh, you know, you see one of them on the way out this morning, do uh, take a minute and stop and, and tell them how much you appreciate uh, them today. Uh, it, it'd be good as we think about uh, just supporting one another to do that. We think about how we can uh, support one another well. In our world, there are sometimes uh, disagreements and arguments and, and things that spring up, especially in the public eye. And, and often they're a little bit silly, I think, and, and uh, I'm not sure why they're disagreements at all. And one of those happened um, a week or so ago, a few weeks ago, and uh, a, picture, a picture started circulating of, of George W. Bush and Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen's a talk show host and comedian, and, and uh, they were sitting in some rich guy's uh, suite at a football game, watching a football game, sitting next to each other, and, and, uh, and people started to get upset about this, uh, that they were sitting next to each other, and that, hey, uh, you know, they evidently disagree on some things, and how could they watch a football game together, and you, you ought not show support for somebody you disagree with, and, and kind of this argument erupted, and, and so Ellen said the next day or whatever, made a statement that uh, remarkably, most of the media and most of, uh, I think, our culture, uh, just people all sort of said, wow, how profound a statement this is. And essentially, you know, she said, we, even when we disagree with somebody, we ought to be kind to them. We, it's okay to be friends with people you disagree with. And, and it sort of sent shockwaves through our world. Wow, what a profound statement, an amazing statement this is. And something that I think most of us learned and figured out, maybe in kindergarten or preschool, you know, we learned how to share our toys and, and uh, how to, that we were supposed to be kind and, and respect somebody, even if they had something that we wanted or, or vice versa. And, and uh, we, we mostly figured that out. Sometimes we forget that. But we mostly figured that out when we were in pre 
preschool. This really profound statement, though, uh, uh, according to uh, much of the world. And, and it reminded me a lot of 1 Corinthians, actually, because this letter that we've been studying, and we've been in and out of 1 Corinthians all through the year, and we've been studying some really big ideas in this letter. I mean, Paul writes this letter to the, the church in Corinth in response to some questions, and he deals with some really heavy topics. He deals with some big theological issues. We've talked about the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about uh, communion and the Lord's Supper and how, how that we ought to participate in that. We've talked about... Uh, just last week, the resurrection and spiritual gifts, and we, we've talked about social issues like uh, you know marriage and and sexual ethics, and we've talked about church discipline and contentment and temp- temptation. There are all these big ideas that have been dealt with, and and we get to the end of this letter, and Paul chooses to end this letter where we've discussed all of these really heavy topics and some really big ideas, and he ends this letter with essentially that same statement. Hey, we need to support one another. You ought to love one another. Be kind to each other. And we can absolutely support one another well. And I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we're going to deal with the first 14 verses here. You get to the very end of the chapter, and Paul is very much dealing with just sort of sorting out some specifics and some different things that are going on. I'm going to go here and visit this person and bring this person with me and those kind of issues at the very end. So we're going to concentrate on the first 14 verses here, and we'll, uh, we'll hear, we'll, be, we'll learn three steps to supporting one another well in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 14. Uh, Go ahead and open your Bibles. If you brought your Bibles, that is an awesome thing. And open those up to the 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians. If you've downloaded the Wallula Christian Church app, you can can find all of these, uh, the scripture and the outline that's available in your welcome packet as well. You can find that all on the app. If you haven't downloaded that yet, do that sometime today. However you're accessing God's Word, let's go ahead and turn or or swipe or whatever and find 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to look at the first 14 verses here this morning as we uh, consider these three steps to supporting one another well. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, this is what God's Word says. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. 
All right, an interesting section of scripture here. I think it teaches us three steps to supporting one another well. Step number one is to have a plan. Just like anything in life, we need to have a plan. And Paul begins by developing this. He says, now concerning. I should have gone back and counted how many times we've read this phrase all through the book of 1 Corinthians, now concerning. Each time you read that, mostly it's pointing to the the fact that Paul has, has corresponded with this church, that he's answering some questions that the church in Corinth had. And And we're dealing kind of with the last question that the church in Corinth had for Paul. And they ask about this collection, the collection for the saints. uh, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. One of the themes that runs throughout Paul's writings, really, is this uh, offering that he's receiving from some of his church plants. And this is really important to Paul. There had been a a famine, a drought uh, uh, that affected Jerusalem, and, and so some of the folks in the Jerusalem church were really affected by this and were just having very difficult economic times. And so Paul wanted to receive an offering and share that with the church in, in uh, Jerusalem. And so that's what we're talking about here. That's the offering that he's, he's uh, speaking about and giving directions for. And he says, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. And it's just a simple idea here, but I, I don't want us to rush past this because uh, already in this letter, Paul has often said, hey, you need to remember uh, Corinth, Christian church, that you're not the only church, right? That you're not the most, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you and Corinth. You need to be uh, aware that uh, there's, there's other churches out there, that the team that you're a part of is bigger than you just see maybe every day. And, and so he talks about these churches in Galatia, that they're, they're uh, giving to this work as well. And, and it's important that we remember here at Wallula Christian Church that as, as a member of God's family, as a part of his team, that that team extends beyond these walls, that that team extends beyond uh, Leavenworth and Wyandotte County, that we are a part of a, a big uh, a team, a, a big work by God. I, uh, Paul's talking about receiving an offering that supports uh, this church in Jerusalem. And, and uh, I, I went back this week and just looked through some updates from some of the missionaries that we partner with around the world. One of those missionaries is, is Jesse Young, who leads uh, Asian Christian Mission in Thailand, and they do some tremendous things, uh, work with some evangelists who go into these remote villages and, and just really are, are at work in, in ministry and sharing the story of Jesus in Thailand. Uh, one of the, in his latest updates, one of the things he talks about is the, he, he says, thank you for sharing an extra gift, and, and your generosity provides for that and, and helps us to be able to support them, but they were asking for extra help because they were dealing with an infestation of rats in these villages. Not a very fun topic, but this kind of plague of rats, right, that wiped out crops in these villages. And so people were really struggling and just needed uh, some extra help uh, this season. And so your generosity provided for that. And it, it just is remarkable, I think, that the same way that, that God was working in the first century with Paul and his churches, he's working today to, to support and to help this, his team, his family that extends all around the world. We're a part of something bigger than sometimes we think of. It, it, we're a part of something bigger than we can, we can sometimes imagine. And, and he's at work even today. He goes on in verse 2 to say, on the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may 
prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come on the first day of every week. We need a plan to, to remember that we're a part of, of God's big mission all around the world. And we need a plan to, to, uh, to worship together, to see each other. And so Paul refers to this on the first day of the week. On Sunday, you're, you're gathering together and receive this offering, participate in worship. And we need a plan to see each other in worship. We need to be committed to that plan. Our, our walk with Jesus, our spiritual life, you know, we can't live that out like we live out our, our uh, relationship with maybe our high school class, right? We can't get together every five years or every 10 years. We, we need a plan to, to uh, see each other and to worship together on a regular basis. He goes on in verse 3 to say, and when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. This is just a simple idea here, though. As we develop our plan to, uh, to support one another, we realize that Paul is saying, hey, I don't have to do everything, right? He's, he's both going and sending. He's, he's serving himself, and he's allowing others the opportunity to serve well alongside him. If, if you guys go, I'll send this letter with you, but if, if, it's, if I need to go, then I can go and serve as well, he says. There are so many opportunities here at Wallula to jump into service. Even just this week, you know, uh, the 31st, we'll have our trunk or treat here. And, and I just, I, I've been watching the weather forecast. It, it's just going to be a beautiful night, I think. And, and so, uh, you know, you can come and hang out and, uh, and share some love and, and serve in that way. That's going to be a fun time. And uh, there's so many opportunities to serve. Uh, I, I was uh, looking over these notes this morning and, and uh, this passage and, and my phone, you know, beeped and I looked at my phone and it was, it was somebody signing up to serve in the shelter of hope this Monday night and Tuesday morning. And, and uh, every week folks are signing up to serve in that, that shelter to provide a safe place for folks who, who don't have a safe place to sleep, to, to have a safe place to sleep. You know, something that most of us take for granted every night, that we have a, we have a warm or a cool, a dry a safe place to uh, seek shelter. And, and every week people are signing up. Now when you go through and you look at those signups, there's something interesting about them though. Uh, almost every week, they're the same people signing up on, on, uh, for that shelter of hope. And so if you've been thinking about, hey, I want a, a place to serve, and, and I, I, you know, Lance talks about the shelter of hope and serving there, and, and I, I've been thinking about that, man, jump in and, and find a time to, uh, to uh, serve at the shelter of hope. I know that those folks would enjoy, you know, the opportunity to sleep through uh, a Monday night, you know, once a month or so. So there's lots of opportunities. Uh, is all I'm saying. Even though those slots are filling up, there's lots of opportunity for us to serve. Our third Thursday meals that we serve every uh, third Thursday of the month, backpack buddies, there's, uh, you know, student ministry, the worship, there's all kinds of ways that we can serve here at Wallula Christian Church and in our communities, and we ought to be on the lookout for opportunities to do that. We need a plan to be a part of that big capital C church, to be a part of that big plan that God has for us. We need a plan to worship together and to share our resources that Paul is talking about. And we need a plan to share our, our time and energy and skills and talents and, and gifts and, and service. And so uh, have a plan to do those things. Have a plan to be a part of God's big team. Uh, step number two is to be kind to your leaders. <clears throat> 
Let's look at verses 5 through 12. These principles apply to how we can support one another. We're going to, Paul talks specifically about leaders here and, and how we can support them. And so we're going to take a look at verses 5 through 12. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter uh, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. All right, so uh, we need to be kind to uh, our leaders. Uh, Paul says, uh, tells them about his travel plans. You know, he says, I'm going to be here and I'm going to pass through this area and then I'll, I'll come and visit you. And he says, I want to, I want to spend some real time with you, doesn't he? I'll visit you after passing through Macedonia in verse five, for I intend to pass through Macedonia and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. So Paul doesn't want to just, you know, swing by and say hi. He wants to build a relationship with this, oh, the folks in, in Corinth, with the church in Corinth. He wants to spend some real time with them. I, I was in the office working uh, on this message, and, and somebody came in, and I, didn't, I was hiding in my office working on this. And so I didn't, I didn't see who was having this conversation. I just overheard it from, uh, from the keyboard, you know. And I, and I heard this person say, they were asking a question about a small group or, or a ministry team and how how to get involved and, and they needed to know the person to contact and and they said I, I just don't know who that is you know and they were having a conversation about how they could figure that out and how they could reach that person and and they ended up saying you know I, I've been uh, attending Wallula for three years and I still feel like I'm getting to know people and sometimes that's easy. You know, we, we kind of come in on Sunday morning and we worship and we, we maybe have a cookie or a cup of coffee and a conversation over that. And, and then we're out the door and on our way. And, and it can leave us sort of feeling like, man, I, I, I don't really feel connected to other folks at church. And I, I'm trying to catch up with who everyone is and, and get to know them. And one of the very best ways for us to build real relationships here here at Wallula is to, to pause and to spend some time with one another. Just like Paul said, I don't want to rush through. I want to stay in Corinth. Maybe the winter, I want to spend some significant time there so that we can get to know each other. And one of the best ways for us to do that is through our small groups here at Wallula Christian Church. And, uh, you, you know, maybe you didn't sign up at the beginning of the semester and now you feel like, well, I'd be coming in in the middle of a study or whatever. Our, our sermon-based small groups start a new study every time we start a new series. We're starting a new series next Sunday. And so it, it's, a, it's a, going to be a very important series. You all need to come back and, and hear about that. And, and uh, for those three weeks, a series called Money Mishaps, my daughter Zoe just looked at this information in the bulletin and she uh, had this financial class in high school that uh, uses Dave Ramsey material. And so she sees Money Mishaps and she called me over in the middle of communion. And she said, Dad, is this with Dave? 
And I said, no, it's with Lance. (laughs) And then she rolled her eyes. That's kind of how it goes in our family. But anyway, uh, I think it'll be okay. It's good. Look, we're going to take a look at a parable in Luke and and how uh, God instructs us to uh, handle some of... uh, some of the resources he's given us. And so it's going to be an interesting study. But small groups begin with that new series. The sermon-based small groups will begin a brand new study with that new series. And so right now is a great opportunity for you to jump into one of those small groups. You won't be jumping into the middle. It'll be like a brand new group beginning with that new sermon series. And so it's a great opportunity for you to follow Paul's uh, example here and and slow down stop and spend some time with uh, each other in a small group I just this last small group I I listed in in my notes some of the prayer concerns from uh, a small group and and I'm not going to read those to you but I want you to know that you, you know there's a there's a difference between the kind of prayer concerns that you hear in a small group and the kind that are written down on a c- communication card on a Sunday morning and and I think that's because people are are really engaged in doing life together, that they get to know one another, right? That they're building friendships and relationships that matter in those groups, and they're, they're more willing to kind of share what's going on in their life. And, and uh, I, for some of us, that, that idea is a little bit scary, but for those of us that that idea is a little bit scary, and I, I'm included, you know, kind of opening up to people, and not at the top of my list of fun things to do, maybe, right? But for, if, you're, if you're anything like me in that regards, then maybe these groups are more important for us than for, you know, uh, others that have an easier time with that. We need those relationships. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But Paul wants to develop those relationships with the church in Corinth. We should seek to do that as well. He says in verse 8 and 9, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. It, it's so amazing to me that in the same breath, Paul says, there's this amazing opportunity for ministry in, in uh, uh, Ephesus, so I'm going to stay there. But in the same breath, he says, there's so many challenges. There's so many things that uh, adversaries that we have to, we have to work against and, and overcome these challenges. And man, ministry can be filled with challenges. You, you know that in serving in ministry. And, and we're, we're thinking about small group leaders and ministry team leaders. And, and certainly folks uh, serving on staff here at Wallula are included in this as well. There are challenges that we face in ministry. I, I read an article that just talked about the fact that, that 45% of independent Christian church pastors are considering leaving the ministry uh, right now, 45%, currently serving, are thinking, man, maybe this isn't what I need to do. Uh, 75% of independent Christian church pastors leave the ministry within the first 10 years. There there are some challenges in ministry, right? And these are true of of folks in full-time ministry. They're true of us just in general. These are things that distract us from serving uh, Jesus more, perhaps, that can can get in the way. They are obstacles that we need to overcome to do that. One of, there, there was a list of a, about six things here, and uh, not in any particular order, the author said. Uh, he said financial stress is a, uh, an issue with, with sometimes folks in the ministry. And, and uh, as I read through this list, I was, I was encouraged, first of all, because uh, I don't think many of them are af- applicable to our staff here at Wallula 
to the extreme anyway. You know, look, everybody can experience financial stress. But uh, your generosity is, you know, our staff is well cared for in that regard. But financial stress can be an issue. I, I do remember uh, interviewing for a job right out of college. I think I've told this story before. It was for a youth minister's position. And I go and I interview and, and we finally get to a point where they're, they're talking about the pay package there. And, and uh, even as a kid just graduating college, I realized there's not a lot that we're discussing here. And uh, they're going through this and they say, oh, but don't worry about this because, you know, typically somebody will bring, bring a bag of groceries to your house uh, every week. And I thought, well, you know, how big is the bag of groceries? Because anyway, so financial stress can be a reason and something that can hinder us and distract us in, in ministry. Sometimes time pressures uh, can be something. You, you know, you're, you're preparing your, your uh, preschool lesson for Sunday school and you're working on that and, and your own preschooler kind of has an emergency down the hallway. Time pressures, just, just life can create an obstacle to ministry, a gnawing sense of failure. As we think about, you know, uh, our staff and, and pastor appreciation, I, I, I think we do a pretty good job of this here at Wallula, you, you should be acutely aware that your, your pastor, your preacher is uh, absolutely human, right? That every one of us is, is a, a sinner in desperate need of a savior, just like everyone else in this room. And uh, we're people. And, you know, I've told you before that uh, I have this terrible lawn and I like to mow that lawn. I enjoy doing that. And one of the reasons I enjoy mowing even that terrible lawn is you get done and you look at it and you say, oh, that terrible lawn looks better. And, and it's finished. I've completed something. And sometimes in ministry, it's hard just to, because you're, everybody is growing, you know, and you'll realize this as a small group leader that somebody in your group is growing and maturing and they're taking two steps forward and then one step back. And that's how we work as humans, right? And that's how we function. That's how we grow uh, and mature in all areas of our life. And, and even spiritually, that's true. And uh, so sometimes we can have a, this sense that we're not really moving forward fast enough. Uh, just easy, simple things, right? We, we measure things here at Wallula. And one of the things we measure is our attendance on Sunday morning. Well, the last couple of weeks, attendance has been lower than normal. And uh, while I don't live and die with attendance every week, you know, man, you look at that and as a human, right, I'm, I, I think, what did I say? You know, what, what happened? What did I do that kind of scared people off? How come, what did I do? What did I say? How did I fail? That's, you know, kind of that, uh, how the human side gets in the way of, of ministry once in a while. Leadership dysfunction makes this list. And, and uh, you know, I, again, here at Wallula, we have a great group of elders who work together well. And while, um, you know, it's safe to say that not every one of those meetings has always been successful, that there, there hasn't ever been a disagreement. We can't say that out loud or whatever, but, uh, you know, we figure out a way to work through that. And we have a great group of elders leading us. Loneliness makes this list. And, and uh you know, that's just true of, of so many of us in our world today, but sometimes it can be especially true of folks in the ministry. And so, you know, you, th you think about those list of staff members that we, we talked about already, Craig and Zach and, and Katie and Lori. If you see one of them uh, after service today, stop and, and give them a hug. If you see me, a fist bump is just fine, okay? We don't, 
that, that's good. But, but hug them and, and just let them know that you, uh, you care about them and appreciate their work. And, and then finally on this list is constant criticism. We live in a world where we can, we can certainly keep up on how uh, people might disagree with us and, and might criticize what we're doing. And, and sometimes those uh, things get in the way of ministry and can slow us down. That's true of, of your, your staff here at Wallula, and it's true of, of everyone who uh, is, is serving. We can get caught in those traps once in a while. And so Paul says, you need to encourage your leaders. And verse 10 says, then when Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he's doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. So be kind to your leaders is step number two. Step number three is to courageously love one another. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. I think we ought to read these two verses like we, we might listen to a locker room speech. You know, a coach who is, who is trying to encourage to fire up his team to play well before the game. I, I watched uh, after the last Chiefs game, you know, Patrick Mahomes was injured and they showed this locker room speech and he's, he's kind of hobbling around on one leg and he gives this speech and it's, it's like, oh man, we ought to go play right now. You know, I, I, I would go play, right? That's so exciting and we're, we're encouraged to go and that, that's how we ought to hear the words in verses 13 and 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. We, we need to be watchful. We need to watch out for one another. Uh, I've been watching the, the World Series and, and uh, somebody asked this morning, you know, who are you rooting for? And, and I, I don't have strong feelings one way or another. My daughter Zoe has decided for some reason or another that she's a Nationals fan. So we've been kind of rooting for the Nationals in our house and, and watching those games. And, and the Nationals have this interesting way of, of celebrating on occasion, especially with this one particular pitcher. When, when something goes well for him, they will, they will come up to him between innings and hug him. And this isn't like one of those, you know, kind of bro hugs, couple slaps on the back and move along. It's like this long lingering embrace, which is a little bit out of place, it seems to be, you know, at this, at this ball game, right? But it's also really kind of cool because we need, we need to be watchful of one another. It's why those small groups are so important because we need a place where we can be watchful of, of, for some someone else and where someone can be watchful with us. Somebody can pay attention to what's going on in our lives and, and we can stop and we can, we can hug one another in celebration or we can embrace one another when life is difficult and we can carry one another's burdens. We need to be watchful of one another. We need to stand firm. Last week we talked about it in terms of, of holding fast to what is true and, and certainly the resurrection and, and the promise and the hope that the resurrection offers us. We need to stand firm in, in the faith. We need to be strong in that faith. I've been, uh, you know, the different, uh, I've watched a couple of these political d debates, presidential debates, and watched some of that and read some of this. And one of the candidates said recently, you know, if churches don't to believe or behave in, in this way, A, B, or C, then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll remove the tax-exempt uh, tax-exempt uh, status from that church, and we'll take it away. And, and, uh, and I guess, you, you know, when you think about things like this, you know, this is what I would say, that uh, 
go ahead, you know, do what you have to do, right? It's going to be all right. Go ahead, do what you need to do. Uh, because we can be strong in God's word. We can, we can uh, as long as the church uh, does not allow culture to exegete or to divide or to uh, study and interpret scripture for the church, the church will stand against whatever comes. All right, if the church survived Nero in the first century, if the church survives uh, communist China, if the church, the church will survive whoever or whatever happens in the election in 2020 in the United States, uh, we can be strong in God's word. We can, we can follow and obey and, and, and stand firm in the faith. Uh, you know, verse uh, 13 goes on and, and says, uh, be like men. And we might read that in one direction or another, right? And when we hear a phrase like that, act like men. But guys, if you want to act like men, then you live out verse 14 that quickly follows. Uh, all of these things, let all that you do be done in love. When we, when we stand firm in the faith, when we are watchful for one another, when we stand strong in God's word, we, we can do all of those things in love. We can build relationships that matter one with another. You know, thinking about that uh, relationship, maybe uh, that picture of President Bush and, and Ellen DeGeneres and, and just be kind to one another. Uh, look, there are some relationships that don't fit together, right? There are animal relationships that stand out, this a wolf and a goat, and this next picture is a, is a giant dog and the little pig, and these, you know, so cute. And then the, the pony and the dog and that's adorable and these animals don't typically go together right and so it's kind of cute or whatever the prophet Isaiah said that the wolf will lie down with the lamb that there is peace available in in our world and for eternity that begins in a relationship with Jesus and when we share the love of Jesus with even those we might disagree with right when we're kind and when we support one another and we love each other well We'll experience that same kind of peace. Let's stand and worship Him together.